Welcome to the Reading Teachers Playbook, a podcast for upper elementary reading teachers. I'm your host, Eva Mireles, and here we will talk about all things reading instruction, time management, and mindset. Being an upper elementary reading teacher comes with a unique set of challenges. You are tasked with helping students understand text on a deep level, preparing them for their state assessment, and remediating non-readers, all while trying not to turn students off of reading altogether. You need a playbook of ideas that helps you meet the needs of all your readers and gives you tips that you can use today. I am here to be your teaching bestie, encouraging you to step out of your comfort zone and hold you accountable for the things you said you wanted to try. Together, we can cut through the noise of all things reading instruction and help you figure out what your students need most right now. Welcome to this episode of the Reading Teachers Playbook. In this episode, we will tackle what differentiated instruction can look like in a literacy classroom. Please note that the information and tips included in this podcast episode are not meant to be an exhaustive list, but rather give you some doable ways to differentiate instruction in your upper elementary classroom. Let's start with the what. Differentiated instruction has gotten a bad rap over the years. A bad rap from who, you may ask, from teachers. Why, you may ask, because people who aren't in classrooms anymore went to trainings that told them all about differentiated instruction. Then those same people went back to teachers and tried to explain it to them and then messed the definition all up. The definition that is communicated to teachers is that a lack of differentiation was the thing that was keeping their higher students from enjoying school and keeping the lower students low. Teachers are also told that differentiation means tailoring everything they do to the high, medium, and low students in their classroom. To summon leadership, this meant telling teachers that they had to give each of these types of students a different activity to complete each and every time teachers assign something. In other words, more work, more work, and more work, which no one technically has time for or wants to do. There, I said it. Teachers don't want to have to do one more thing that they don't actually need to do. So with this definition in tow, teachers were left thinking that differentiation meant creating a bunch of different things for students to do and left wondering why none of their students could even demonstrate mastery of the grade level performance standards. According to to a Reading Rockets article titled, What is Differentiated Instruction by Carolyn Tomlinson? Differentiation means tailoring instruction to meet individual needs. Whether teachers differentiate content, the what they're teaching, process, how they're teaching, products, or the learning environment, the use of ongoing assessment and flexible grouping makes it a successful approach in instruction. According to Vanderbilt EDU, we could define content, process, and product in the following ways. Content, the knowledge and skills students need to master. Process, the activities students use to master the content. And product, the method students use to demonstrate learning. Most of the time, teachers hear about how to differentiate the product and are told that we should also be trying to differentiate the content, but are rarely told anything about how to focus on differentiating the process. One thing that is left out of both these explanations of differentiation 
is the idea of differentiating the level of accountability that we hold students to. For this reason, I want us to have a working definition of accountability as this will come up again later in our podcast. For the classroom, accountability means the degree to which I am going to expect students to demonstrate mastery of the standard taught that day. Of course, a lot of factors play a role in my expectations, things like, is this the first day I've taught this? Is this the is this student able to perform at the level that I am looking for right now? Can I gauge that the student is working at his or her full potential? For our purposes, differentiation is the ability for the teacher to ensure that content, process, product, or accountability are structured in such a way that all students are able to access the curriculum and set on a path to demonstrate mastery of the grade level standards. You may be asking why I stipulated grade level standards. You may even be remembering all the professional development training that you sat in that talked about tailoring instruction to exactly where kids were. Yet, we also know that instruction in grade level standards is equally important. In the previous episode, I talked about and defined tier one instruction. I also honed in on how vital it was, as well as a student's legal right to have access to it. Because I truly believe in the importance of ensuring that all students not only have access to this and committing um, to a definition of differentiation that keeps that as the target that we are aspiring to hit. Let's recap. We talked about the bad rap that differentiated instruction has gotten and why. We also learned what the actual definition of differentiated instruction is and what it entails. Finally, we came up with a working definition of differentiation as it pertains to an upper elementary classroom. We defined differentiation as the ability of the teacher to ensure that content, process, product, or accountability are structured in such a way that all students are able to access the curriculum and set on a path to demonstrate mastery for the grade level standards. Now, let's talk about why we want to take this on. Why do we want teachers to be able to structure the content, process, product, and accountability of our tier one instruction in such a way that all students have access and are on a path to demonstrate mastery? because we want all students to have an opportunity to feel a measure of success in their day. We also want to do our best to level the playing field for our students. By the time students are in upper elementary school, they are keenly aware of where where their struggles lie. Unfortunately, reading is a very common area of struggle for our upper elementary students, whether that be because they are striving readers that that we are aware of or because they appear to be an on-level reader but can't understand what they read or because they just haven't found the books that hook them and they feel like they're bad at it. The truth is, is that all students deserve to feel some measure of success in a day. One way to make this happen is to create paths for them to be able to access mastery of the standards we teach them each day. Let's recap. We talked about why we went, we want to structure our tier one instruction in such a way that all students can access it and are on a path to demonstrate mastery. Now let's talk about how we can make this happen in our upper elementary classroom. Member of the Teach Better Podcast Network, better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcasts. Now let's get the how. Let's take an airplane view of some of the strategies that I'm going to recommend for differentiating instruction in your literacy classroom. One, 
give students graduated assignment deadlines to allow students to use their interactive notebooks on non-summative assessments. Three, be picky about what you assign students to work on independently. Four, utilize small group instruction when needed. Five, plan intentional mini lessons with adequate scaffolds. And six, build in time for movement throughout your literacy block. Let's start with number one. Give students graduated assignment deadlines. This was this was one that I learned through trial and error. Oftentimes, we fall into the trap of giving students independent assignments that can take up to 30 minutes for them to complete. We lament the fact that we are worksheet trapped, like think nap trapped, but for school. This is until I discovered that I could give students the opportunity to complete an assignment for the course over the course of a couple of days before assigning them something new. For example, if students were assigned something to work on independently on Monday, then it could be turned in that day or by Wednesday. This gave the students that needed more time, um, needed more time, the time they needed, and those that didn't weren't forced to wait around for other students to finish their work. There is an element of organization that is required in order to ensure that you remember to keep track of who has turned in what, but overall, this was a productive system. Two. Allow students to use their interactive notebooks on non-summative assignments. One of the things we as teachers complain about most is how much time we don't have to teach things, let alone review them. Allowing students to complete assignments while simultaneously having access to their reading notebooks gives them an opportunity to revisit the information at their own pace. Of course, like anything else, you have to teach students how to do this. Once students get the hang of doing this, they begin to take more ownership of their own learning. Three, be picky about what you assign students to work on independently. When it came to my literacy block, time was precious. If students were going to use their time to work on something other than reading, then the assignments needed to be meaningful and purposeful. That was determined by my students' needs. One thing that remained consistent was that whether I gave students an independent, uh, sorry, Whatever I gave students as independent work was usually a review of something that I felt I had taught for at least a couple of days before I assigned it. That's not to say that students did not practice a skill during my mini lesson because they did. This just meant that I felt confident that they could engage in productive struggle in order to complete the assignment independently. Students knew my policy on them being able to take charge of their learning, which meant that I was able to work with other students in small groups and not be available to them right away. Let's talk about step uh, the fourth strategy. Utilize small group instruction when needed. The current literacy climate would have you believe that small group instruction will solve all of your literacy-related problems. The current climate will also have you believe that using small group instruction is most beneficial for striving readers. Small group and whole group instruction can be both can both be ineffective if they are poorly planned and all around unintentional. Both small group and whole group instruction can be beneficial um, to all students if done intentionally. At the upper elementary level, I have found it most beneficial to group students in strategy groups that can help a variety of students working on a, on a similar skill. Meeting with students in strategy groups helps you maintain built-in differentiation because students will all be reading books that they chose. Step strategy number five, plan intentional mini lessons with adequate scaffolds. 
We know I had to talk about many lessons, right? And planning. Planning intentional many lessons includes ensuring there is time for students to practice the strategy that you've just taught them. This practice should include adequate scaffolds like the I do, we do, you do model. This model gives students the opportunity to see you model a skill, then practice with support, and then practice on their own. If your mini lesson is something that you need support with, then grab my four steps to crafting a mini lesson guide. Link will be in the show notes. Six, build in time for movement throughout your literacy block. Have you ever been to an all-day PD where you have to just sit and get information? How long did you last in your chair before you can listen to one more piece of information without getting up to move around? Kids are no different. Most Post-pandemic, this has become worse for everyone. That's why building in movement throughout your reading block is such an important part of your goal to differentiate instruction for students. You can do this by varying where you deliver certain components of your reading block, i.e. some mini lessons could be delivered with students at their desk while your read aloud is delivered at a carpeted area in your classroom. You could also vary what students practice various components of their mini lesson on, i.e. use whiteboards and have them raise them to show their answers. These seemingly little things yield a big impact in students' ability to attend and participate in your instruction. Let's recap. We talked about several doable ways that you could start differentiating instruction in your classroom today. They were one, give students graduated assignment deadlines, two, allow students to use their interactive notebooks on non-test assignments, three, be picky about what you assign students to work on independently, four, utilize small group instruction when needed, five, plan intentional mini lessons with adequate scaffolds, and six, build in time for movement throughout your literacy block. Next steps. One of my favorite quotes about education is the one that says that teaching is both a science and an art, but nobody tells you that you are the scientist and the artist in your classroom. What I mean by that is that you have to experiment and try things out to see if they work for your particular set of students. So your next step is to pick one of the strategies listed above and consistently use it for a couple of weeks to see how it works for your students. Then tag me at Miss Evermadellas on Instagram to tell me how it goes. If you or your campus is needing support and meeting the needs of all of your readers through improving Tier 1 literacy instruction, book a discovery call with me to see if we are a good fit. Link will be in the show notes. Until next time. Thank you for taking a page from the Reading Teacher's Playbook. If this episode resonated with you, please take the time to rate and review the podcast on Apple iTunes so others can find it too. And take a screenshot of this episode and tag me at Miss Eva Mirellas on Instagram. Check the show notes for any links mentioned and hit subscribe so you don't miss a play from the Reading Teacher's Playbook. See you in the next episode.